This is The Rant presented by Strive Sports. Benjamin Klein here with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Here with you uh, for your daily dose of rant. Going to be talking Knicks, Nets, Yankees, Mets. Big night last night in New York sports all around. Uh, Overall, pretty successful night. Uh, Knicks, Nets, and Yankees all get wins. The Mets, unfortunately, lose last night in their series opener against the Cubs. Uh, Just wanted to remind everyone that you can catch my podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, You can also watch uh, with your own eyes on Instagram. My Instagram is uh, at the Strive Sports, and you can access uh, the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify in the link tree in my bio. Uh, It'll lead you right there. Hope you guys uh, continue listening. I really appreciate all the fans out there that, uh, you know, giving me likes, commenting on my posts, and, uh, you know, subscribing to my podcast on either platform. So appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Hopefully, uh, you know, I continue to improve every day on my on my work ethic and uh, just being able to get my ideas out there. Um, you know, it's pretty difficult to do with just one person, but uh, trying to get this going, uh, just me really out here editing, uh, finding all the stats that I want, everything that I want to talk about. Um, once again, just want to uh, remind everyone that uh, I did not have a rant yesterday. That is because no New York teams played uh, the night prior to yesterday, which is uh, Monday night. Um, so pretty much... Uh, any any night in which there's no games played, uh, I'm not going to have a rant the next day. The rant is focused on uh, analysis, commenting on games from the night before. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to, let's get to today's rant. We got the Knicks playing tonight also. We got everyone playing tonight pretty much. Uh, so I'll be back tomorrow uh, with another rant. Very exciting stuff. Uh, let's get to it. Exciting stuff for the New York Knicks. Uh, they pull out a win last night against the uh, Charlotte Hornets, 109-97, to increasing their winning streak to uh, seven games now. Uh, they, they are the hottest team in the league, no questions asked. Uh, they have the longest winning streak in the league. Uh, they're playing, this is the, that was the third game last night that Alec Burks missed, uh, you know, my self-proclaimed most uh, clutchest player on the team. Um, he's going to miss his fourth straight game tonight. That's huge. But uh, in the month of April, this is an interesting fact that I saw, uh, NBA, the NBA leaders in net rating in April uh, by team, one, the New York Knicks, two, the LA Clippers, three, the Utah Jazz, uh, the Knicks have outscored their opponents by 92 points in the 11 games they've played this month. They're currently on that seven-game winning streak. Also, comparing uh, Julius Randle to Kristaps Porzingis' time with the Knicks, uh, in, his, in this one season uh, with the Knicks, Julius Randle has 353 assists, and in Kristaps Porzingis' entire Knicks tenure, he had 248. So in just one season, Julius Randle has over 100 assists more than Kristaps Porzingis had his whole entire career. Uh, the Knicks also obviously came up with that big win against the against the Mavericks over this past weekend, uh, continuing it on the, on Tuesday night against the Charlotte Hornets. Um, that was really just, I mean... <laughs> Uh, the whole the whole ride has been really incredible. Uh, you know, from the start of the season, uh, there was there was the point of the season we we played the Hornets earlier on, and that was like led us to like a two game losing streak or something. And now just how the tides have turned, 
you know, the Hornets are kind of reeling right now. Now they're below 500 after the loss last night. Obviously, they've been playing without LaMelo Ball. And uh, now the Knicks just win seven in a row. So it just tides have completely turned. The Hornets were on the, the upswing during that time. And uh, now it's the opposite. The Knicks are on the upswing. Uh, so it's, like, very nice to see. Uh, you know, the Knicks still, their defense is still unbelievable. The Hornets didn't even get to 100 points last night. Uh, they were shooting lights out in the first half from three, the Hornets were. Uh, Knicks were down six, I believe, in, after the first half. Um, and then the Hornets really slowed down in the second half, especially from three. Uh, they finished 16-39. to 39. I believe they only hit... Three, they hit 13 threes in the first half. I think they only hit three threes in the second half. Uh, so the Knicks really clamped down on defense. Didn't allow uh, the Hornets to get to 100 points. The Hornets scored 66 points in the first half. You know what that means. They scored 97 total. They scored 31 points in the second half. That is truly unbelievable. I don't know how Tom Thibodeau does it. Gets these guys to play so damned hard for them. Uh, but Knicks in the third quarter was the difference maker, a quarter where the Knicks usually struggle heavily. Uh, not during this run, though. Knicks outscored the Hornets 31-16. to um, That is a nine-point swing for the Knicks. Uh, you know, huge swing going into the fourth uh, quarter, which has been a good one for the Knicks as of late. Then the Knicks outscored them by three in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, didn't even need a, a big game from necessarily anyone, from one particular person. But if I'm going to give uh, a shout-out to one guy, I'll give it to R.J. Barrett uh, just because of how he played in the first half. Uh, he shot one of five from three in the first half. I think it was like one of eight overall from the field. Uh, he finishes the game shooting six of ten, I believe, um, or six of 11 from three, eight of 17 from the field. Uh, you know, starting one of eight, going to eight of 17, that means he shot seven of uh, nine from the field in the second half. That is, uh, that's really good. Um, obviously, going one of five to six of 11, that means that he shot uh, five of six from three. That's tremendous. He additionally scored, I believe, like 17 points in the third quarter. We scored 31 points. Overall, I believe he scored 17 points in the third quarter, 17 of his 24. Uh, he's a big reason that we took that huge lead. Um, six of 11 threes continues to improve upon his uh, three-point percentage on the season. It's really impressive stuff. As I continue to say, he started the season below 30%. He did also struggle from three in college. Uh, but now, you know, he's, he's up to thir over 38% from three on the season. In his last 10, he's shooting 55% from three. That's really incredible. Um, and, you know, this is a game, this could be argued to be a must-win game for the Hornets, who are really struggling. Uh, you know, they could be falling out of, the out of that eighth seed really soon and uh, giving it up to, like, the Pacers or maybe even the Bulls. Who knows? But this was, you know, Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier were going off in the first half, absolutely going off. Um, and you know they were the Knicks were able to really control them, contain them in the second half. Uh, the Knicks are, uh, what, from what I've noticed defensively, there's I just don't understand how they're so good at contesting shots, whether it's layups or three pointers. Uh, as you know, Derrick Rose has been blocking a 
ton of jump shots recently, which has been uh, really exciting stuff. Uh, I I think that gives our defense, you know, a nice jolt when you see a point guard get a block on a jump shot. It makes everyone try harder, and it's the same thing with Taj Gibson's effort that he's given out there. It really gives everyone this wave of energy that uh, just haven't seen with the Knicks in in really a, a very long time. Um. And, and that just goes to show the importance of that D. Rose acquisition in the middle of the season. Uh, last night, 17 points, 8-12 for the field, only 1-4 from 3, but it's nice to see that he's willing to take that shot from out there. Um, that's huge. Uh, th- that was such a big acquisition for the Knicks. I can't, I can't uh, you know, state that enough. He's really the difference maker right now coming off the bench um you know making this bench mob almost as good as a starting five uh the only thing that's really missing is a julius randall type player uh having d rose come off the bench is so amazing uh i think that he's got someone from the bench uh him or burks it's unfortunate burks out in there but it has to be up for like a sixth man of the year candidate type of deal uh, additionally, I think that Reggie Bullock is the. I figured out that I think that he's the guy who should be up for the uh, you know all defensive team out of anyone on the Knicks. Uh, he st- he stated it last night in his post game uh, interview with Rebecca Harlow that uh, you know he's been challenged by Thibodeau to guard the best player on the other team every single night. Uh, he had a block last night that kind of reminded me of that steal that he had at the end of the game against the Magic. You know, when he turned the when he turned the ball over on the jump ball, uh, and then you know Magic get the ball back. I think that the Knicks were up by one, maybe two. Magic have the ball, and then uh, Bullock uh, steals the ball from. I believe I forget exactly who it was, but uh, he stole the ball dribbled it, you know, into the front court, and then game was over. So he had a block similar to that last night, but he, he's just been showing up. He's a guy that's always there on the defensive end, giving it his 100% all. And when I look at the players on this team, there isn't one guy that I, I can look at and say, I don't think that he gives it 100%. Uh, going from Randall to Bullock to Noel to Payton to Barrett, to, you know, even off the bench, D. Rose, Taj Gibson. I mean, there are very few guys that I'd say on the Knicks don't give it 100% all of the time. Um, another really amazing thing to see is that the Knicks are 19-10 and 10 at home. Uh, I think that we have, like, three or four more games at home to continue this, to continue this home stand. Uh, then we have, like, six in a row. On the road, very difficult uh, schedule there. We play, uh, I think it's the Rockets, and then the Grizzlies, then the Nuggets, then the Suns, then the Li- then the Lakers, and then the Clippers, or something like that. Maybe vice versa for those LA teams. Um, but obviously tonight we got Atlanta. That's a huge game. Uh, Atlanta's half a game ahead of us right now. We're at home. Uh, you know, we, we need a Atlanta's in the four seed right now. It would be huge to be able to jump them in the standings, get put us in that four seed, kind of separate our, ourselves away from getting that being in the 7 to 10 range and uh, having to play those playing games, maybe moving Atlanta down there. Um, it would also would be phenomenal if we could stay 4 or 5 and Atlanta could stay in that range. Playing Atlanta in the first round is the best case scenario for the Knicks. Uh, I'll tell you teams that I wouldn't want to play. Obviously, the Sixers, Nets, and Bucks. I wouldn't want to play the Heat in the first round. 
Um, I probably wouldn't want to avoid playing the Celtics in the first round. So I'd say the best case scenario for the Knicks is playing the young and inexperienced Atlanta Hawks team. Um, Again, it's a really tough end of the season. We need to take advantage of the next four games that we have that are all at home. Uh, Again, we have this seven-game winning streak going now, so I don't expect them to extend this to 11 games. But uh, Atlanta and Toronto, winnable games. Then we play uh, Phoenix uh, next Monday. Uh, I, you know, that's a game that I'd say we should lose. And then playing Chicago at home to end the homestand, we got to win that game. So overall, I think that we should, in order to get ourselves where we want to, best case scenario, we win tonight. We win Friday against the, or Saturday against the Raptors. Uh, extend this winning streak to nine games. I'll give them a loss against the, the Suns. Uh, even though I really believe that we sh- we should win this game because we have the, the that game because we have the six difficult games on the road after you know you got to get these wins when you can, and then Chicago we got to win because you know we, we might get that win at Houston or maybe even Memphis but you know Denver is going to be a struggle even though they're missing Jamal Murray now. Uh, Phoenix in Phoenix is going to be a struggle and obviously the Lakers and the Clippers on the road are going to be a struggle. Uh, and then we finish up against the Spurs, the Hornets, and the Celtics. The Spurs, you know, they're struggling now, but they are a good, young, quality team. Not a team that I'd want to face, you know, at the end of the season if there's a lot on the line for the Knicks, if they struggle during the that, during that road trip. And then, uh, you know, they're in that 7-10 to range. The Spurs aren't the ideal team to match up against. And then, unfortunately, those last two games against the Hornets, uh, LaMelo Ball will probably be back. And then against the Celtics, you know, the Celtics are just a good quality team, uh, playoff quality team in the conference, in the division. Uh, They've owned us, you know, for years. So definitely not the best look, but, uh, you know, just really nice to see things heading in the right direction for the Knicks. Makes me have a a ton of faith in Leon Rose and his ability to build a team. Uh, You know, they they said that they're looking for guys that are unselfish, that are looking to win, that that don't, you know, just want to help pad their own stats, Russell Westbrook. But, uh, and it goes to show the way that they play. I mean, you know, they don't get the most assists ever. but they definitely, on the defensive end, they play team ball. They're good with rotations. Uh, they're good with switches. They're versatile players in that if they switch, they're capable of guarding. Uh, the guards are capable of guarding bigger players. Uh, you know, the shortest guy in the starting lineup, I believe, is uh, Alfred Payton. I think that Alfred Payton is like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so, you know, they, they are pretty, or he's 6'3", actually. But they're a pretty versatile team. Bullock is like... Six uh, seven, I believe. Same with R.J. Barrett. He's like six six. Randall six seven, six eight. Noel uh, over six ten. So you know, I just have a lot of faith in the way that Leon Rose built this team. Seems like he knows what he's doing, and hopefully, it'll you know only better things to come in the future when he has another full off season, another couple draft picks, uh, and you know maybe just the backing of the NBA society and thinking that the Knicks are actually uh, a solid destination now rather than the, uh, you know, place just to lose uh, as many NBA players have thought of it in the past. But, you know, very exciting stuff. Huge win last night against the Hornets. Uh, we got to continue the streak against the Hawks tonight. They're a half game ahead of us. If we win tonight, we're jumping into that four seed. Uh, right now, we're sitting alone in the five seed. We're ahead. We're half game ahead of the Celtics. We're a half game behind the Hawks. So if we lose this game tonight, we're going to probably drop below the Celtics. 
who knows? Maybe even the Heat will be jumping up, even though I think that we're a, li- a couple games, at least one game ahead of them at the moment. But uh, got to take advantage of these winnable games because uh, the games are about to become not as winnable. So, uh, you know, these next four games are huge. Hawks, Raptors, Suns, and then Bulls. Huge homestand uh, before we go on a crazy road trip to, to finish off the season. Uh, so let's go Knicks. Can't wait for tonight's game against the Hawks. Uh, Going to continue this talk, uh, this rant, may I say, uh, about the Nets. Uh, they come out with a five-point victory last night against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, you know, not a defensive battle whatsoever. They, the Nets give up 129 points. Um, they score 134 points, which is obvious that uh, they're capable of doing that. But again, I'll bring back what the, the concerns that I have for the Nets. Um, going into the postseason, and that's uh, number one defense, and uh, what is their ability to actually stop these these top teams? Because uh, the Pelicans are a team that is that before last night was seven games below 500. They're struggling. I mean, the Nets still beat them, but to give up 129 points, um, you know that that's that's really a lot. That's that's too much. They're not even a playoff team. So, I mean, I understand they have good quality talent and uh, Brent, guys like Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball. But, I mean, the Knicks in an overtime game against the Pelicans only allowed the, the Pelicans to score 112 points, and that's in overtime. Uh, so, I definitely think it's a tad bit concerning the defense for the Nets. Uh, you know, how are they going to be able to go up against a team like the Knicks if they face them in the first round? And because uh, the Knicks are really giving it their all on the defensive end, the Nets have struggled, 100% struggled against the Knicks in uh, the last two games that they played. They won both games, but struggled with the defensive effort uh, by the Knicks. The Knicks were down, I, I think that. In one one of the two games, the Knicks were up the whole game and they blew it. The other game, they were down the whole game and they came back and uh, weren't able to finish it off. But it was a good effort. So I'd be concerned for the if I were the Nets playing against a team that uh, really gives it its all on the defensive end, uh, considering the, their inability really to play defense. Um, you know, even if they play against a team that's that's top tops on defense. Um, that doesn't mean that they're going to stop completely stop the Nets, shut them down. The Nets are still going to do their thing. It's just about, um, you know, being as efficient as they as they have been throughout this whole season, uh, having the stamina to battle through, uh, going up against a team that clearly tries harder than every other team in the Knicks, which I truly believe. I truly believe that the Knicks try harder than every single team in the league. That's not to say that other teams don't try hard. The Knicks just try harder, and you could tell based on their roster the fact that that they are where they are. Uh, you know, they're trying harder than than most teams in this league. I think that Thibodeau has to be up for Coach of the Year. Uh, if Steve Nash gets gets votes for Coach of the Year over Tom Thibodeau, that's that's just a travesty. I feel like even Mets fans would have to agree with that. Uh, you know, I'm not like overly impressed with Steve Nash as a head coach right now. He was blessed with having all these great players on his team. Uh, and he hasn't really shown any adjustments defensively. You know, it's going from his career of playing no defense really with the Suns to being the coach of the Nets and them playing no defense together. Uh, and that leads me to my second concern overall, which is that, um, you know, they're they're not the their big three are not on the court together at the same time right now. Uh, the Nets have uh, major injury concerns right now. They just announced yesterday that. Uh, James Harden is going to be out indefinitely. He 
re-aggravated his injury, I guess, while practicing, seeing how, how good he was. Uh, you know, KD's also sitting out after coming back for a few games. Uh, got a thigh contusion, apparently. Uh, so apparently he actually is extremely soft-skinned, uh, not just on Twitter, but on the court also. Uh, he's constantly getting injured now. So these guys really aren't on the court. And it's not to say, I think that the Nets might have one of the best supporting casts in the league, especially when all three guys are on the court together, because it's just, uh, it goes from like four to ten. Uh, you can name guys that are that are you know above average to above average players when you're talking about Joe Harris, Jeff Green, Landry Shamit, Blake Griffin, Bruce Brown, Lualu Cabarro, uh, Tyler Johnson who hasn't been playing, uh, and even more you know. So the Nets are are a stacked team, but I'd be concerned because those if they're gonna win the championship, not even just win the championship, win the East, uh, come out of the East. Uh, they're going to have to have that chemistry together. Otherwise, it's it's just not going to happen. Uh, and you know what? It's not just chemistry on the offensive side. It's actually chemistry on the defensive end also. And being able to be in the right spots uh, at the right time, kind of like the Knicks are, Thibodeau putting these guys in the right spots. Um, you know, being able to to know when to switch and when not to switch, uh, knowing what the rotations are. So it's good, definitely going to be a struggle for the Nets defensively, uh, considering they haven't been good on the defensive end all year. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a struggle offensively, I think. Uh, you know, not individually. They'll be able to, you know, one-on-one uh, get their own buckets. But it'll be interesting to see how, how the three of them are able to uh, coexist offensively together uh, just because they haven't played together in so long. Uh, you know, it's going to go back to Harden probably being the main ball handler and facilitator with uh, Kyrie and uh, KD on the wings. And uh, it should work because, you know, no one can stop Harden. But for all we know, Harden's not going to come back 100% healthy. Uh, or he just won't until later on in the playoffs, and that could affect them uh, bringing in a new guy, you know, later on in the playoffs. It's a, it was, uh, I always think of uh, the magic when they made the finals with Dwight Howard and how they were playing uh, refer Alston the whole playoffs at point guard, and then it gets to the finals, and then Jameer Nelson comes back, and you know what? That kind of screwed them over. Jameer Nelson didn't really play so well. So uh, I always look back to that and think that uh, it may not always be the best for someone to come back mid-playoffs. And also uh, look at KD and uh, his experience in Golden State. Uh, he did get injured in the playoffs this time, that time around, not uh, before the playoffs where he'd have time to recover. But they kind of forced him back and uh, re-aggravated the injury and wound up tearing his Achilles. So, uh, you know, I hope everything goes right for the Nets. I, I want to see them play well in the playoffs. I want to see the Knicks play them. I want to see a hard-fought first-round series between the two. But... Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I don't want them to see them. I don't want to see them win the finals. Uh, I'll see them make the finals. I don't mind. I'm already bought in on that. I already think it's going to happen. But I am concerned, uh, you know, about their defensive effort and the fact that their big three aren't able to mesh going into the conclusion of the season. Additionally, I'm looking at it now, and they're actually 16 and 12. Uh, on the road on the season, showing how much better they are at home. They're actually 23-7 and seven, uh, at home, and they're 16-12 on the road. So, uh, you know, if they start falling a little bit and uh, maybe they'll wind up, 
maybe the Bucks will catch them and they won't get that home court advantage that they thought they would have in the conference finals or this even maybe even the second round potentially. Um, you know, things things could crumble real fast. Things could turn. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the Nets. It's it's definitely uh, difficult times if they continue to still win without KD and uh, James Harden, just Kyrie and the other guys. That's still extremely impressive. But it doesn't matter uh, about these you know impressive wins during the regular season. Uh, it's I don't think that it will uh, you know go over into the playoffs uh, if KD and and Harden aren't there, it's it's not going to work. So hopefully those two can come back uh, healthy as ever and, you know, put it on for, for New York and the playoffs. Uh, really exciting times. There's like 13 games left for each team, I believe, the Knicks and the Nets. So hopefully we can uh, hit a hot streak, both teams going into the end. Uh, you know, I want the Knicks to play the Nets, but uh, I'd obviously prefer to see them the Knicks is the four seed, which means they probably wouldn't play the Nets. Um, give me that four or five seed. Let let the Knicks play the Hawks. Maybe we'll catch the Nets in the second round. But it's very exciting times uh, to be a fan uh, of New York basketball. All right, moving on this rant to the next topic of conversation. That would be the New York Yankees breaking their five-game losing streak last night in a 3-1 win against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they officially at least split the series against the Braves since it's only a two-game series. Uh, the Yankees scored last night via Urshela solo home run to tie the game in the fifth. And then they scored the go-ahead run the Yankees did in the bottom of the eighth on a wild pitch uh, in which um, Aaron Hicks scored. And then in the bottom of the eighth again, uh, they score again by walking in a run. Uh Mike Ford walked in with the bases. Lo- Mike Ford walked uh, with the bases loaded, and DJ LeMahieu scored. Uh, additionally, Jamison Tyon five innings pitched, four hits, one earned run. Uh, the bullpen continues to pitch the remaining four innings, giving up no runs the re- the remainder of the way. Uh, that was very nice to see. So overall, great pitching performance last night from the Yanks. Um, the hitting still not there though, as you can tell, the only way we score runs via the home run, that's how we scored our first run. And then we weren't even, even able to get a hit to, to drive in a run after that. Uh, the only way we scored was a wild pitch and then we walked in a run. Uh, so overall last night and with runners of scoring position, we were one of eight. That's just not going to do the trick. Uh, the one guy to do anything with runners of scoring position was uh, Aaron Judge. Uh, He didn't even drive in a run, though. Um, The one thing that I want to point out about that uh, sequence uh, in which uh, Judge got that base hit with runner scoring position, uh, they actually pinch hit for Aaron Hicks there. Uh, They took out Mike Tackman, who was the nine hitter in the lineup at the time. Put in Aaron Hicks. He walked, I believe, or he actually, yes, he, he walked. And then it goes to the top of the lineup. Who's there? DJ LeMayhew gets on base. Aaron Judge up. Runners first and second. Exactly what I said that I wanted. Hicks lead off. That's what happened here. LeMayhew second. That's what happened here. Both guys get on base. Gets Judge an opportunity at the plate with two runners on base. He doesn't get the RBI because it was uh, to right field. You know, the, the outfielders are playing in. Uh, trying to get that runner at home. Uh, Yankee Stadium being small and all as well makes it an easier throw. 
Uh, so they, he didn't drive in the run, but he got the hit with runner scoring position. Other times it'll it, it'll happen. He'll get a different type of hit. But we got to get our best or or best or second best hitter, whichever way you want to put it, uh, up with you know runners scoring position, more runners on base, and that'll happen by moving him one spot down in the lineup, putting our best walks guy up at the top of the lineup. And uh, hopefully we'll see more success with runners scoring position. Um, you know, it's exactly what happened last night. Hicks gets that walk. LeMahieu uh, then gets a hit. Uh, then Judge gets a hit. Base is loaded. Unfortunately, Hicks isn't able to score there. Uh, and then we get the run in via via walk. You know, you take it. You take whatever you can get. We won the game. We were losing five games in a row. We're still not hitting, but you got to take a win. A win is better than another loss. So. Uh, you know, after seeing this last night, it's exactly what I said I wanted to see. Hicks lead off, get a walk, LeMayhew get a hit, move the runner over, and then judge up with multiple runners on. Uh, more of an opportunity for him uh, to get more RBIs, uh, to, you know, just just see the ball better. More runners on base, the, the pitcher is struggling more probably, and... Uh, just more, it's just better opportunities for Judge than uh, just having one guy on base. So I saw that last night and I was like, that's exactly what I want to see. Uh, Hicks get on base, LeMahieu, and then Judge up with two runners on. Uh, you know, it didn't happen from the start of the game. Uh, it only happened in like the eighth inning. So uh, would love to see them try to change the lineup uh, from the start of the game. Uh, but, you know, the Yankees bats still struggling right now. Uh, we're 20, the Yankees overall are 26th in runs, 29th in average, There's only 30 teams in baseball. So that means we are the second worst average in the league, uh, 21st in on base percentage, 30th in slugging percentage. And then when you look at the pitching, what's been carrying us so far, seventh in ERA, uh, you know, we haven't had the starting pitching is what's struggling. I, you know, when I talk about pitching, I'm not talking about uh, just the starters or just the bullpen. I'm just talking about overall. Uh, definitely, I'll admit it, the bullpen has been better than the starters. Uh, we're 18th in quality starts, so the starting pitching clearly hasn't been overly impressive. Uh, we're 6th in whip and 9th in batting average against. So, I mean... It's just clear that the pitching is, is strong right now, whether we're talking, I'm just talking overall pitching, strong right now, and uh, the hitting just isn't getting the job done, just not able to do it. I mean, you look at the lineup and what guys are hitting. Uh, Brett Gardner, who was a three-hitter last night, down to 214. By the way, I made a promise that last night uh, when they announced the lineup that I will not watch any more Yankees games with Brett Gardner or Aaron Hicks hitting third. Um, I'm going to alter what I said. I didn't say this on the pod. I said it after, but uh, I'm not going to watch the start of the game uh, if those guys are starting. I'll, I'm going to tune in. Obviously, I'm just not going to start watching from the you know top or bottom of the first. Uh, it's just embarrassing to have a 214, 200 type hitter uh, as the number three guy. They're really forcing it with this lefty. They clearly think it's an issue that they don't have enough lefties in the lineup um, that they're willing to put a 200 hitter at the three spot. I'd say just give up on it. If it was that big of an issue, you would have fixed it in the offseason. You didn't do that. So let's just put all of our best hitters together who happen to be righties. But overall, people still struggling. I mean, Judge hitting 260, he's got to do better than that. Uh, Gardner, 214. Frazier, 162. Uh, Stanton, 170. Torres, 182. Sanchez, 214. 
Talkman 111, Hicks 160. I mean, it's just miserable everywhere. And then the on-base percentage isn't good either. LeMay is the only good player on this team right now. Uh, we got Clint Frazier's on-base percentage 244, Stan 254, Torres 297, Ford 250. I, might, I don't even know why I said 40. He only played one game. Uh, Sanchez, one of the few players that has over 300 on-base percentage on the team. I'll give him credit for that, uh, along with Urshela, uh, Judge, Gardner and LeMahieu, um, and then Hicks on base percentage, who who should have a much better on base percentage. Uh, I think that his average is actually holding him down on that because his on base percentage is 90 points above his average. That's pretty good, but his average is 160. On base percentage 250. Uh, you know the Yankees are just struggling right now. I can't tell if it's they're not seeing the ball well. Uh, you know, just the start of the season, adjusting to regular season pitching as opposed to spring training. You know, pitchers more giving it more of their all. Uh, or, you know, they're just not really so capable of being a, a top-notch offensive uh, juggernaut team in the in baseball, you know, as they have been in the past. Um, I think that they'll turn it around offensively. But overall, the issue with the Yankees has been in the past that not all three facets of the game uh, have been coming together at the, at the same time in, in the past five years. You know, when the hitting's, pit, when the hitting's playing well, uh, the starting pitching isn't, but the uh, bullpen is also. And maybe there's a time when the starting pitching and the bullpen's playing well, but the hitting isn't. Uh, so that's the, way the, that's the way things have gone for the Yankees over the past years. Uh, it's definitely been annoying being a Yankees fan, having such high expectations, and really being let down in the playoffs year after year. And uh, now we're even being let down in the regular season. Uh, I think that they're going to turn things around. I'm not. I'm not going to say that it's going to be in the next uh, ten games. Uh, but you know, come the end of the season, the Yankees are going to be a playoff team. Um, you know, maybe the East will have three teams coming out of it. Uh, potentially in the the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Yankees. I think that the East is the the best division in the AL this year. Uh, That's my opinion. The Yankees not, you know, showing that at all. But, I mean, the Red Sox have been playing so well that uh, makes up for it. But Yankees really need to turn it around sooner rather than later. Uh, 6-10, and the Red Sox are, you know, playing really well right now. Um, The Rays starting to turn things around also. Uh, the Blue Jays, obviously a very talented team that I'm sure will turn it around soon. They're even playing without George Springer, arguably their best player and best signing from the offseason. So, uh, you know, the Yankees could be in a tough spot, but they're definitely, there's no question that they're talented enough to get the job done. And, you know, the job, I only consider the job to be making it to the playoffs at this point. Uh, you know, if I thought I was upset with uh, the Yankees getting ousted from the playoffs, I can't imagine how how upset I and all of the Yankees fans would be if they didn't even make the playoffs this year. Uh, so hopefully we can continue the positive trend tonight going up against the Braves. Uh, let me see what the pitching matchup is for tonight. Uh, if I had to take a guess before actually looking at it, I'd say Kluber, and I'm right. Um, and then the, for the Braves, it's Ian Anderson. Kluber has a 6-1-0 ERA. Anderson has a 4-7-0. Uh, you know, Kluber needs to turn it around ASAP. Uh, no matter what, even if we're saying that the hitting is the biggest issue, the starting pitching is still an issue right now. Um, Kluber needs to turn it around. He needs to show us why uh, Brian Cashman had such high hopes in bringing him in uh, as the potential number two guy in the rotation. 
Um, you know, don't forget Louis, Louis Severino is still coming back. So I don't count Kluber as the number two yet. But also we didn't sign, re-sign Masahiro Tanaka in the offseason uh, in thinking that Kluber could be that guy uh, who will step up uh, post-injury. So he has a lot to prove. Uh, again, he throughout his career struggled in March and April, and then he's really come on in May. So unfortunately, it's still April right now. Um, I think after this one, he may have one more start left in the month of April. Uh, so he'll probably, at that point, um, he'll be like five starts in, I believe. Um, you know, and uh, at that point, you should really be into, you know, the groove of the season. You should really know what he's going to give you for the season five starts in. If uh if he's still pretty bad, then uh, I'd move him down in the rotation a little bit. Uh, you know, even Tyon was able to show us something yesterday. Didn't get the quality start, but still showed us something. So hopefully, continue the trend. Pitchers show us something. Um, I think that that might be, honestly, the most important thing, the pitchers getting going, because I really believe that the hitting will get going at some point. But uh, if the pitching doesn't get going as soon as possible, then it might not never It might never. Uh, wind up doing that, and I'm talking about the starting pitching in particular. Um, so, big win last night. Way to break that streak. Uh, you know, really something Yankees Yankees fans don't get a experience often. Five game losing streak, uh, having the worst record in the AL, really struggling in multiple facets of the game. Uh, so, big win last night to break the streak. Uh, still no offense, but hopefully uh, the pitching continues to you know to succeed. And uh, the offense will come along. Uh, you know, we're facing a kind of a struggling pitcher right now. So you know, hopefully we can turn it on and uh, not via the home run, but via getting guys on base and then uh, just driving them in with base hits. That's what I want to see. Uh, that's what I'm going to be looking out for for most of this year, uh, how we're driving in our runs, uh, even though we're basically driving in no runs uh, to start the season. All right, that's it for my rant on the Yankees. Going to move on to the Mets and their loss last night, 3-1 to one to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Tyon Walker gets uh, tossed, ejected after three and two-thirds, gives up two runs, uh, two earned runs, three runs overall. Uh, that's everything that they gave up, uh, the Mets did. So the bullpen played, pitched pretty well the rest of the way, five and a third, uh, no earned runs, no runs given up either. Um Still get the loss, though, unfortunately. The Mets went 1 of 6 uh, with runners in scoring position, so uh, a little bit better than the Yankees. Not really, though. Um, they leave 10 runners on base, uh, so it's clear what's going on with the with the Mets right now. Uh, you know, their bullpen's even playing well. Their starting pitching is pitching well. Uh, it's really their, their hitting that's, that's struggling. I mean, uh, last night... Uh, after last night's game, we were seeing Lindor at 171. He went 0 for 4 last night. Uh, Pete Alonso, 227. Uh, Conforto, 184. McNeil, 162. McCann, 235. Uh, Pilar coming off the bench, 133. I mean, the Mets are struggling offensively right now, and their pitching is uh, really, really keeping them in shape. I mean, you look at their pitching, they're fourth in earn run average, eighth in, I mean, fourth in quality starts, fourth in whip, sixth in batting average against, and then you go to their hitting, they're 30th in runs, somehow worse than the Yankees, 10th in batting average, 
they're good in bat. They're good in batting average and on base percentage. That's the thing. Uh, but they're not getting the job done. Ultimately, uh, they're only tw- they're 29th in slugging percentage, so they're not getting extra base hits at all. They're not even getting home runs. They're not getting doubles. Uh, and when they do get their runner, they get runners on base. Clearly, I tell you day in and day out on these rants how many runners they leave on base. Uh, they have a good overall batting average, tenth in the league at two forty one. They get guys on base also via the walk. They're fourth on on in on base percentage at three thirty, but they just can't get the job done when they get those guys on base. They're thirtieth in runs. They score the least runs in the league, and they get like it seems like they get the fourth most guys on base. Uh, you know, based on on base percentage, they're fourth in it. I'd assume that they're you know they're top five in the league in getting guys on base, but they just can't finish the job. It's a kind of a similar situation to the Yankees uh, in terms of their offensive struggles. Except you know it started for the Yankees; they were getting guys on base, tons of guys in running runners in scoring position, and they weren't able to drive them in. Uh, and then that that negative outlook just. Uh, you know, ballooned into the Yankees not even able to get guys in running in runners in scoring position or on base. So I'd say the Mets are even a little bit further ahead than the Yankees uh, right now. Uh, you know, the Mets starting pitching is better than the Yankees. I think that the Mets. I don't think that there's any way the Yankees starting pitching will be better than the Mets. I still like the Yankees starting pitching though. I think that the Yankees can have a top ten rotation in the league. But I'll give starting rotation to the Mets. Uh, Yankees and Mets bullpen, I'll give it equal right now. I'll say Yankees a little bit better than the Mets. Uh, Yankees better than the Mets when Zach, uh, Zach Britton comes back. But for right now, I'll give the, the edge to the Yankees by a, a slim margin. Uh, but, you know, it's basically the same teams in different parts of the city right now, except the Mets are 7-5 and five and the Yankees are 6-10. and 10. Both teams struggling to, to hit with runners in scoring position and score runs. Uh, both both teams' is, uh, pitching is pitching pretty well, carrying the teams to start the year, and they're getting no run support, and that's why they are uh, somewhat struggling to start the year. Uh, the Mets are 3-4 and four on the road, so they're clearly uh, you know, ha- having more success at home to start the year. They're 4-1 and one at home, 3-4 and four on the road. Uh, again, we can't even talk too much about the Mets at this moment because they've even played le- four less games than the Cubs. So they're like uh, at least a series behind most, most teams, uh, which is, you know, unfortunate. But, um, you know, it's really hard to see a guy like Francisco Lindor hitting 171 right now and then Pete Alonso hit 227 and Conforto at 184 and then seeing the same issues with the Yankees. Um, and, you know, I just to go back to that meme of uh, Thanos and talking about how, oh, the Knicks are back, and uh, but what did it cost? And it was the Yankees. And maybe we're just talking uh, New York basketball is back and what was the cost? Uh, New York baseball, because, uh, you know, even going back in the past, even when the Nets had D'Angelo Russell, I mean, overall, I'd say that the Mets are really a more successful organization than the Nets uh, in the past five, six years, or I guess seven years at this point almost, and that the Mets went to the World Series in 2015. Um, the Nets haven't made the finals since, like, 2004. Uh, and, you know, it's it's the same thing with uh, with the with the Knicks, you know, the Knicks haven't done anything recently. The Mets are a more successful franchise. They went to the World Series in 2015. You know, it's not like they 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 weren't competing for the division in uh, the years after that. They uh, were just, you know, lagging uh, slightly behind other teams. And they were missing guys like David Wright, who were such key components to their franchise for so long. Uh, so 
Overall, I'd say that the you know the Mets and the Yankees were have been over the past ten years way better organizations than the Knicks and the Nets, uh, especially after the Nets did that trade with uh, acquiring KG and Paul Pierce, you know, uh, from the Celtics and basically giving the Celtics Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Good for you, Nets. Uh, I'd say that the the baseball teams were better organizations, but now, uh, honestly. It's kind of looking the other way. I mean, I give the Mets the, the credit where credit's due. They traded for Lindor in the offseason. Uh, they got a good good quality signing in McCann. Uh, you know, they trade for Stroman last season. Uh, I like what they're doing, but overall it seems like the basketball teams are being better run right now. Uh, they have the right people in place. Let's also not forget that the Mets had to fire their GM, Jared Porter, uh, you know, to start the season due to those disgusting allegations but uh you know sometimes uh, you gotta you gotta give up something to get something else you love and right now for new york sports it seems like we gave up baseball to get quality basketball hopefully uh when the basketball season ends both baseball teams will be back to playing you know well above average baseball which I don't think that either uh, teams, the Yankees or the Mets, are playing right now. I wouldn't say they're playing above average. I'd say the Mets are playing better than the Yankees right now. But uh, that probably has to do with their division being worst. Uh, but, you know, can't complain about New York sports right now, really. It's too early in the baseball season to overreact and say that, you know, both teams aren't going to make the playoffs. Um and uh, both New York basketball teams look like they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, have high hopes for the Nets. Uh, high hopes for the Knicks in the future. Uh, you know, the Jets have the number two pick. Um, I actually think that uh, in terms of the Giants fans, this is what I, want, I wanted to shout this out earlier. I think Devontae Smith, uh, the wide receiver from Alabama, was at the Knicks game last night. So it is possible that... Um, you know, the Giants are looking at him or Jalen Waddle with that uh, number 11 overall pick. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see. You know, they just signed Kenny Galladay. But overall, he was at that game last night at the Garden. Uh, maybe the Giants are very interested in him. Uh, I'm interested to see. You know, it's, I think that we got uh, eight days until the draft. Uh, a week from tomorrow, we got the NFL draft. Uh, so exciting times for New York sports. Uh, Knicks on a seven-game winning streak. Nets uh, playoffs closely approaching. I guess it won't be so exciting until the playoffs starts for Nets fans. Uh, and then Yankees finally break that losing streak, and and uh, Mets unfortunately lose last night. But uh, you know, baseball season is always good vibes. So hopefully, better things to come in the future. Uh, just want to remind everyone that you can catch this podcast, The Rant, presented by Strive Sports, on both Apple Podcasts on Spotify. You can access those via the link tree in my bio. Uh, at these drive sports uh, for my rant today on this Wednesday afternoon. Benjamin Klein, I'm out. Peace.